welcome to Her Digital Brand, a podcast where we interview founders and leaders of some of the best brands on the internet. My name is Kyler Nixon, and in just a minute, I'm going to be joined by my co-host, Brad Bishop. Today, we've got a great guest for you, and I can't wait for you to hear. It's Tara Osman, the founder of Farmish. Farmish is an online marketplace connecting farmers and small batch growers to people in their communities who want to buy their stuff. Tara's going to give some really practical guidance for how she grew her TikTok following, which then helped her have a super successful launch. Let's jump in. Hey, Tara, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank good. you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. So the random story is, is I found Tara on a, a literal random Twitter thread. And I, I saw that she had just launched her business. And we we have interviewed several business owners, and I don't I think you're the first true startup that we've had. And mm-hmm. I'm ex- so excited to hear the story. So so Tara is, is the founder of Farmish. Yep. Uh, and I'm going to let you tell us what is Farmish? What What is this platform all about? Okay, so Farmish is a marketplace for local food and farms. So think Craigslist for farmers and gardeners. So users can create a free listing for things like backyard chicken eggs or plants, trees, produce. Um, they can list their roadside stand supplies and then um, a buyer can go on the app and message the seller and connect the sales so all the transactions are made off the app and then people can meet up for like a porch pickup or a farm pickup something like that i I love the idea behind it and i'm sitting here wondering like how has this not been done before exactly exactly people have you know have tried to make it work on facebook um, with a marketplace or offer up, but they have a lot of restrictions. So especially Facebook with eggs, I've seen people sell egg cartons for sale, <laughs> filled egg cartons, you know, <laughs> because it's the only way, because platforms like that, they want that transaction fee. So they want things that can be easily shipped and sold where the, it's motivating to have that transaction online, where this type of connection happens in person. It happens at the community level. It happens when you're driving around and looking for a roadside stand, or you want to find a U-Pick farm in the summer. That's not something that can easily happen through a strictly online transaction. Sure. Well, how, how did you come up with this idea? Are you a so, farmer? No. So I'm a web developer and I am also, I do some digital marketing. I've done chatbot automation and I'm a gardener. It's just an interest of mine. And when the pandemic started, like a lot of people, I started looking for local food, local food sources, you know, when grocery stores were empty or had restrictions on what you could buy, especially it was spring, summer. I thought, Hey, I want to, I don't want to buy strawberries from the store when I know there are farms around me that sell them. So, um, but as a gardener, I also started following people on Instagram. Um, You know, there were over 20 million new gardeners in 2020, people growing food. And that includes people who have started homesteading and providing more food for their own families. And so I saw some of that trend on social media where they would share their journey of starting a farm or, you know, kind of the homestead aesthetic. And they would also, local people to me, I would see would would share, hey, we have extra X, Y, Z. Would anyone like to buy them? And so I actually made a few purchases that way just through an Instagram connection. But the way the algorithm works, you have to make sure you see the post. You know, you have to, they have to be one of your favorites, essentially, even to see the stories and then it's disappeared. And then these producers, they're not marketers, you know, they don't have brands. And, you know, when you, even if you have a website, it's useless if you're not driving traffic. 
And so that's really difficult to do without time, money, and knowledge that doesn't align with if you're spending all your time with kids and homesteading and growing food, you know? So um, just from a kind of a selfish standpoint, I wanted to be able to buy from those people who I followed and I could see how they produce food and what their values were as far as permaculture or healthy soil and not using chemicals and things like that. Um, so I brainstormed a lot of different ideas. I always have ideas. I don't know. I have, you know, hundreds of the domains I own probably <laughs> that, I, that I never use. And then last summer, Start Garden, which is a startup incubator space in Grand Rapids, they host monthly um, startup competitions and their big annual one is called 100 ideas. So you submit a hundred second pitch and they pick a hundred people. Those people are awarded a thousand dollars and then present at demo day and 10 of those winners get 20,000. So I just, the day the deadline was like two hours before I just hopped on my phone and the, the day before that I had kind of brainstormed an idea and I thought Farmish was appropriate because you know, People, I grow a lot of food. We we live in a subdivision, and whenever people see that or hear that, they're like, "Wow, you must live in a farm." I'm like, "Yeah, ish, you know, <laughs> <laughs> live in a subdivision." <laughs> um, so I submitted that, and it, it won that first level. And so I spent the next few months. Um, I built out a UX. I used um, Figma and built all that out. The user flow. I spoke with a lot of different vendors. You know, people who've had a roadside stand for thirty years, and their only customers were people who had known about them for 30 years. So, um, and then a lot of younger farmers, a lot of younger um, market gardeners and people raising food for their young families. Um, and it was all positive. It was all positive feedback every time I mentioned it. And um, I didn't end up winning at Demo Day, which the businesses that won, they had traction already. And I had a UX, you know, yeah. that, <laughs> that's what I had. So, so I understood that, but, um, yeah. And then I just, I just worked on it from there. And then, um, we hit a couple snags. I originally hired a web or an app development agency. So I figured I can learn it. I can figure it out, but I spoke to this local agency and they were like, yeah, perfect. It was very easy. There were very few questions from their end, which should have been a red flag. But I thought we have the UX, what, what can go wrong, you know? Oh. Well, four to six weeks turned into eight to 12. Um, when we finally got the version back, it was not, we were not at all aligned on business goals. I feel like there's maybe some underestimating about what, what type of business it was. Like, this is not a hobby. This is not just for my friends and neighbors. This is something I am ready to scale. Mm -hmm. So during that time while I was waiting, I saw a thread on Twitter. Again, I don't know who it was. <laughs> it was just one of those threads where people were talking about marketing and um, someone said, make your founder an influencer. And so this was, hmm. I still had, was weeks away from actually seeing that, seeing the app um, other than my own version. And I felt like I just had nothing to do. You know, there's only so much automation you can build out and, and things without those, without seeing the product. So I was really frustrated, but then I saw that and I thought, okay, well, that sounds free. I could try that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we had had no, no audience at that point. I, you know, I just had like 10 people following the Instagram page and I didn't want to do that on Instagram. It's just, I, I've seen people who worked really hard to build the audience on Instagram. Right. And that's, 
I just did not have the mental space to to play that game. So I had been on TikTok just on my own and I call it my burner account because it's just, I don't post anything. I just, you know, and I knew from there that the algorithm was so sensitive that I could like two bread baking videos. And then everything I would see from there on was related to baking bread. And so I thought, okay, if the algorithm is sensitive from that perspective, what's that look like to the creator side? Like where are their videos getting shown? you know, if it's that sensitive to me as a viewer. So I opened my account early November, middle November, and I didn't view any videos. I didn't look at anything. I went right to the hashtags and I put in hashtags that were adjacent to Farmish as a business. So things like I right away searched homesteading, homesteading family, gardener, food systems. And I started following those people and interacting with them, leaving genuine comments, especially smaller creators, because they could see my name. It had Farmish, Farmish Tara. And they could see, okay, well, that's, she's kind of, kind of like me. And um, so I had a thousand followers within 10 days, which I thought was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And what was most interesting to me is that I could see you know, I didn't have anything go viral. How many until, posts did you make before you had a thousand? Um, so ten days, I had seven. Like I wasn't, I wasn't posting every day. Okay. Uh, um, I'm still not posting every day, but I can see the followers. Their names were so and so homestead, so and so family farm, so and so gardens. Like they were exactly in the target market. So it was fine that it wasn't like going viral. I wasn't having these like mass appeal videos. They were being shown to exactly who I wanted them to be shown to. Tyler. Yeah. So, so she was talking about TikTok and I know you've been Tyler. Tyler's been trying to get something going on TikTok because we've noticed several of our clients can just go viral like that on TikTok. Mm -hmm. It's insane how fast that goes. I mean, so how long have you been on the platform? Um, I, I think I started November 10th, somewhere around there. Is that when was you my really first post. started? Yeah, that was my first post. Okay. So, um, yeah, I wasn't going for, you know, being super viral. Of course, that's nice. But um, two of my top performing videos since then, one has hit a million. And that, t- that took a few weeks. But um I probably got 10,000 follows from that video, but it was exactly in the niche. It was about gardening. Yeah. It was about Perfect. being in a, you know, a small or being in a subdivision and gardening yeah. and growing food. Um, and then I had another one that was probably pretty far adjacent to my niche. It was a, um, it was a quote about, um, you know, the kind of the history of growing food. I thought it represented the distance our food travels now compared to, you know, back in the early 1900s, well, people had a, and the quote said something, it was like, um, the first store was around. Well, people really took offense to that. And there was a lot of conversation about, no, the first store was XYZ or no, or the first supermarket. And people were like, no, there were markets in Egypt. And it's, so <laughs> that wow. had almost, almost a million. And I probably got a hundred, a couple hundred follows huh. from that. So it really wasn't worth it to yeah. me to try to stray from the core of the content, um, even if it meant not as many views necessarily. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious about TikTok in general. I mean, we have a lot of clients who kind of have started on Instagram and then have maybe moved over to TikTok like secondarily. You mm-hmm. sort of have flipped that where the focus like you jumped in on TikTok. So yep. it's so 
it's not really new, but it, I feel like the like way brands are using it is, is relatively new. It's like, mm-hmm. do you have a way that you're approaching that? Do you, are you sort of just here? I'm going to put out some videos. I know you're a marketer at heart. And so mm-hmm. how have you approached like building an audience on TikTok? Has it been intentional? Has it been a lot of trial and error? It's been 100% intentional. So the only videos I watch are in the target market. So every once in a while, I'll see a video that I know is really interesting to me personally that I have seen like on my burner account mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but I scroll right back. I don't give it any attention mm. because every video and everything I see, I want it to be within my audience because then TikTok knows me and what I'm interested in. And then they also show my content yeah, to those people. Conserve that back. Interesting. Yep. So I don't, I know, especially like parent accounts or like mom type content, um, you know, that's so broad when you're talking about lifestyle. Right. And so I think that's where it gets tricky because people are like, oh, I like fashion. I like cooking. I like, you know, I like, um, you know, learning. I like, um, you know, going through these different social dynamics. And I think that's tricky when it, it strays too far out, especially if you're looking to build a specific target audience. If you're looking to build a brand that's yourself, Mm-hmm. that you can turn around and get sponsorships and branded content, then, then that works at, you know, perfectly in that sense. But in my case, it had a specific target of who I wanted to present Farmish to. Yeah. And, it, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, is, so is that what you meant when you said that the, the algorithm is sensitive mm-hmm. and that you do not watch videos outside of your target? Net? Right. Yep. I, I don't watch news. I don't watch, you know, even like anything that any other interest besides gardening, homesteading, food supply, food security, food systems. And, you know, if you go to my profile, it says food systems, gardening, buying, selling food. Like that is, that is what I post about. That is what I respond to. I want to make sure I'm understanding this because it's really interesting to me. And and I may be wrong in the way I'm understanding this. Are you (laughs) saying that the videos you watch affect how your videos are shown to others. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. That's I, probably, it, that's got to be my problem. Yeah. I'm getting like five, 600 views a video. And I mean, I have zero followers. Yeah. So I mean, that makes sense. But if you saw my for you page, it is just a hot mess of just yeah. like a really eclectic. That's my you know, burner things account. That I like. yep. Okay. Yep. That's, that's good to know. We need to, we need um, to do that. And so for me, and, and I think other people have, succeeded in switching niches because it is sensitive. But for me, I started the account knowing that's what I was going to do. So mm-hmm. I, that very first, I opened the app and searched hashtags and I did not look at anything that wasn't within those. And yeah. I think a lot of my growth has been relationships. I started mm-hmm. following and commenting on people who had about similar numbers as I did. Yeah. And because it felt like we're all on the same mission, to grow food for gardening, to shrink the food chain. You know, I felt like I developed relationships really quickly and that's a, that's a hype crew. Yeah. So when it came to the point where I mentioned Farmish, because I only mentioned it twice before the Mm -hmm. launch and one time the week that I launched. So three videos, they did not have a lot of views comparatively to everything else, but because I had that core group of people that I became friends with and supported their growth and supported their comments and that they really spread the word. And we had 700 users within the first 24 hours just from TikTok. And that's without even promoting it outside of those three mentions. 
That's incredible. What's yeah. your mindset when you're creating those posts? Is it, are you really just going into it saying, how do I add value to this community? How do I connect with others? Or is there sort of like a, I'm going in this knowing that I'm going to educate with the intention of eventually adding in this product. I'm sure it's um, a little of all yeah, of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Farmish in general is a really service-minded business it's mission driven mm -hmm. and that's what i like about it it's like like you had said you're surprised something like that it doesn't exist because it's such a simple concept like there's so many different types of marketplaces there are dozens of books on two-sided marketplaces you know especially with airbnb and companies like hipcamp and um you know ebay even to some extent so there's a lot of information out there but i think what sets this type or what sets Farmish specifically apart is that it's people have a mission mm -hmm. to grow their own food. And especially in the current climate we're in, sure. that security is security for their families, for their livelihood, for, you know, for some people to the extreme feel like that is literally like how they keep their families healthy. And maybe that's not yeah. too extreme because growing your own food is the healthiest option right. as far as yeah, right. and all those things. But what i found most interesting and you can see this in my comments and i could see this in the names of people following is that number one there's very little controversy in any of my comments. even the i have talked about like double up food bucks programs i've talked about farm subsidies so things that might be inherently political yeah um i've talked about you know tax breaks for big companies and i can see the the names of people who in their profiles say you know God's guns, Jesus, like literally in their profile, <laughs> commenting and saying the same thing as someone underneath them who is a practicing herbalist in witchcraft. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so People who are non-binary and have flags in their profile name are agreeing and saying the same thing as someone who's yeah. their complete political opposite. That's like, really interesting. What, what other Food subject? Yeah, what other <laughs> subject can you find? Yeah. So that you people haven't, can agree. You haven't really dealt with any of that because that that's been my worry with mm -hmm. with TikTok, with Instagram and other platforms. You can sort of manage it because it's not you're not really going to go viral like anymore on right. those platforms in the right. same way. But like my um, so my my little brother uh, he is not on TikTok anymore. But a couple of years ago, um, when he was in college, he posted a video in his dorm room. He's a good looking guy, six six, you know, pretty muscly. Mm -hmm. He's a cop now, and so he posted this video that looked like a total thirst trap video. <laughs> like he was going to be like a total D bag and it got 18 million views on TikTok in like a two day That's span. Intense. It was nuts. And so he had, it went absolutely viral. He ended up getting, I think at his peak around 500,000 followers. Holy he had brand cow. deals. Yeah. He was, he was signed with a talent agency. And so like, but, but what the, re one of the reasons he stopped was it was so taxing on his mental health. Like it was just people, the accessibility people had to him, the, the comments, like it was just a lot. And he, he was just being funny. Like he wasn't right. even sharing anything even remotely controversial. Mm -hmm. Has that you, you, are you saying you haven't necessarily dealt I with it to that not, level? I have not. Okay. My most, so that, that quote I said about, um, supermarkets and it was basically saying yeah. like where you know the first supermarket was around this time and before that it was in backyards and gardens and in pantries so that was the extent of the quote and there was a lot 
people assumed I was very Republican. And then hmm. some people assumed I was very liberal in the comments. So I just, oh, funny. Out of it. I yeah. just let that debate among <laughs> yeah, right, right. And um, which people who know me in real life know exactly where I stand politically. Yeah. So it's really funny that TikTok doesn't know. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like TikTok, though, is coming up a lot in conversations we're having with clients that are yeah. have like large Instagram followings. And, you know, there are, I mean, it keeps coming up like, hey, if you haven't tried TikTok, I think it's something you need to start looking into. It's different. I mean, I can tell, I can see videos, especially garden type content. I can tell they're from Instagram. Like, I don't even have to look. I can go to their and click and see they have like 6,000 followers on Instagram. Like, I can tell by the, the, just the vibe of their content that they're building for Instagram. And that's not necessarily how TikTok works. Yeah. So, but I also, I don't share anything about my private life. I don't share anything about my children. That is a hard no for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not opening any door for people to say anything. Like people don't even know whether I have boys or girls or how many or, or mm-hmm. anything. I've never mentioned my husband. Um, I, you know, don't even show, like most of my videos were right here. Like this is our playroom. <laughs> and, but now that it's spring, we're going to be showing more of our backyard. I'm very cognizant of not posting um, any images of my neighbor's houses or anything like that. So um, so the next controversial video I just posted recently, it was a $30 cedar picket fence raised garden bed. So it's a three by six raised garden bed. Did you see, did you I see did the see comments? This. Yeah, I did. Yes, I did. So dozens and dozens of comments all from men coincidentally saying no way that was $30 oh you mean Wait, $300 I think I saw your video I think that popped up on my for you page oh, I feel like it? I think because awesome. I, I as soon as you said that and you're like this is a plank not picket. a like yeah, yeah it's, it's like, not a, a cedar fence oh that's picket. so funny I, I saw that <laughs> video me. I know exactly what you're talking about I was like why are people arguing about this and that was that's after, hilarious that was after probably a week or more of yeah. constant comments of no way or oh that's only going to last a year if you're lucky or oh that will yeah. last two weeks or no way will that you know that's going to fall apart right away so and especially the price people are like oh maybe 20 years ago and these are like in this one yesterday he he was arguing i don't have to argue people argue for me in the comments because i have a hype crew and they <laughs> so and he was like well what do i know i'm just a landscaper who built garden beds for 30 years yada yada and people are like then you should know like yeah you should be able to and people, people <laughs> like why would you me, lie about it like what, right, I'm, sho- what? I'm literally <laughs> showing i give people the item numbers like i'm telling people where to yeah. get them it'd be more and advantageous it, for you to be like i spent five thousand dollars on this right? and it's very exclusive right <laughs> it's so funny so that is probably the most controversial okay um and that video that you saw i just posted in the morning which normally my videos in the evenings during the week do better um but because that was like the 10th comment that day. Yeah. And I was like, if you know so much about wood, you should be able to look at the picture and see that's a picket and not a, not a plank. Yeah. You know? right, right. So I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be snarky, but I was, I was in a mood and I was like, oh this is gosh. a picket. And <laughs> the comments were awesome. They were like, you, you're so patient. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's so funny. All right. Yeah. I have one last TikTok question. Mm-hmm. And then I want to talk, I want us to talk a little bit about kind of the startup mode and kind of some okay. of the challenges that you're, you're working through and kind of where you're taking your business. Mm-hmm. So when we talk to brands about TikTok in general, and we're not like, obviously not experts at all, but like we get <laughs> clients who are like, Hey, like, should I be on TikTok? Or we might even mm-hmm. be like, Hey, you might go check that out. Right. 
um, without fail in almost every conversation, it's sort of like, I don't want to do the dancing and the music and the whatever. Right. I, I have not experienced yeah. that as <laughs> much. Nothing. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that's sort of maybe a misconception around what TikTok uh, is. Or if you just open TikTok, you're going to probably see a lot of those videos. Like, For sure. How, what would you sort of say if someone's saying, well, that's great, but I, I'm glad you're successful on TikTok, but I don't want to do all that dancing stuff. Um, that's not the audience I want to build. Yeah. I don't want to build an audience right. that wants to see me dance. <laughs> 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 like that. So that's your next product. So I don't want to attract those people as viewers. I don't want, you know, I don't swear in my videos and not that I'm like clean cut, but that's just not the type of, of, um, I don't want that to distract from my content. And I come at it from like an educational perspective and a s- support, um, because Again, going back to Farmish, it's very mission driven. I feel like it's a mission to grow local food systems. So um, I don't do any dancing. I did see, I think one of my most recent um, Twitter responses, which I didn't get any responses from, it was a top marketer. And he was saying, if you want, if you have a millennial audience, go to Instagram. If you have a Gen Z audience, go to TikTok. And I'm like, what? <laughs> no, <laughs> millennial, I'm an elder millennial. You know, all of my followers, nearly all of them are parents. They have teenagers, they have kids, they have yards. They're, you know, these are not, I don't true two years ago or three years ago. I don't think that's true anymore. Yeah. No, absolutely not. And especially if you are, I mean, if you look at your like personal account, like my burner account is people talking about history, people talking about, you know, the elevation of ancient civilizations and how that contributed to what they grew and how, you know, what that connection is to modern society. Like those things are super interesting. That probably a 16 year old wouldn't find interesting. Yeah, right, right. There's something for <laughs> so, everyone, and that absolutely. algorithm is really, really smart. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So, um, I I'm not on that dancing TikTok. I mean, when that yeah. um, you know, what was that boy, the couch boyfriend trend? Oh came? yeah. <laughs> no, I only found that because there were elder millennials making fun of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I didn't see the video. I'm not in that. Um, so if you want to be on TikTok, you don't have to just point at things around the screen. Absolutely not. I actually find those most ridiculous. Like I did a couple and I was, it was so awkward. I did in the beginning because in the beginning I didn't want to talk. I don't, I did some just like kind of statistic, you know, song montages. I didn't, I didn't want to talk, but, um, just thinking so many people have seen my face is really weird, which is again, my, um, but no, no, definitely. I mean, your algorithm is what you make it. Your audience is what you make it. You know, I follow someone who, um, you know, grows like heirloom garlic in, in Michigan, you know, Hmm. someone, and she just has a huge audience who loves her and her content is all about gardening. You know, and she, people love her and send her gifts and she's not doing anything except getting, you know, turning your phone on and being her exact self. Like if Mm. you were to stop by her garlic farm, she would talk to you in the same way, I'm sure, as as that she does on TikTok. And I just think that's amazing that so many different people who may not traditionally be popular, especially on Instagram, can go on TikTok and be their exact selves and not wear makeup and not clean their house or do anything. And people hype them up. If an because heirloom garlic farmer. Yeah, New yeah. Dawn Fields is her name. And she's just, you know, maybe traditionally, you know, you would not look at her and think, oh, influencer, yeah, you know, because right. she's just like being herself. And oh, I just think that's so amazing. You know, I show my husband all the time because he's not on any sort of social media. 
which is weird because he works for a tech company, but he is not. An <laughs> and so I'll be like, look at this person. Like, would you expect this person to be an influencer? And he's like, no, I was like, isn't it so cool? They're making money and they're, you know, getting brand deals and, you know, able to quit their job. And yeah. I just think it's so cool that people can, you can find your people, you know? Right. That's um, awesome. Yeah, this is so fast. I didn't, I never dreamed we were spent a lot of time talk, talking about TikTok. That was not my intention, <laughs> yeah. but, but I love it. It's been so uh -huh. interesting. It's, it's hundred percent responsible for the growth that we've had. Yeah. So, well, I want to switch gears and talk about the startup piece, but there is one thing I want to do first. And that mm -hmm. you used a term earlier that just in case a lot of listeners don't know what it means, can you just quickly define, you said UX, can you just tell us what oh, UX is? Yeah. So that's a user experience. So everything from like the first, the screen that they see, where those buttons go, what those screens look like, how the information and the data is displayed, how people can input content. So it really gave out, I mean, it was essentially a, a prototype okay. without like the backend functions sure. of how the data is connected. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, okay. So you have this startup and I think a lot of people don't understand how much work goes into a startup. They, they <laughs> yeah. see the startup, right? Yeah. Um, so talk, you had this idea, when did this idea come into your head and then how long did it take you to really, to, as of this recording, you've launched two weeks ago. So yeah. what's the timeline here? So it was last August that I submitted to start garden. It was probably just a few days before that, that I, really kind of narrowed in on a business model because I had thought of maybe just different ways businesses could market themselves without, um, you know, spending money. And for me, having a scalable platform to be able to support that. So it was just a few days before that it just kind of, oh, what about like Craigslist, you know? Um, so I spent, you know, from then until the end of September preparing for demo day. And so that forced me to look at financial projections and a business model and really lay out how I was going to promote things, which I was way off on how I actually ended up promoting things. <laughs> but, um, and then I am a web developer and I don't know what I don't know about mobile development. It's a different beast. So I hired a mobile app or an app development agency. And like I said earlier, um, I handed them the designs. I thought, okay, you can give me a quote based on this. I can tell you the functions. And we just weren't on the same page. So it just took a really long time to find that out because I was waiting to see the product. And I assumed I would just see the product and it'd be good and we could launch. So, but the fact that that took so long and did not meet my expectations is a reason why I started on TikTok. So I can't say that was necessarily a bad thing, um, but I ended up parting ways with them in January um, because I just, I had this audience and I had posted a most recent video in December and I was like, oh, we're going to launch in January because that was the plan the whole time. Well, I had people start to ask about it <laughs> and like at that point I had posted two videos about Farmish that, and they did not get many views. So I had people asking, I was like, I have to do something, you know, I've already spent this money with the agency and I did something that I looked into it earlier, but I dismissed it because I thought if I could have an agency take care of this for me, it's going to be good. And something I had actually also learned on Twitter with a lot of other startup people talking is a no code builder. Mm -hmm. So I actually went to bubble.io and there was one night I must have looked like a crazy person, just like at <laughs> just like Google. And I was then telling my husband, I'm like, I'm gonna do this. And he's like, okay. <laughs> um, and so you can build like a web app on bubble.io and then it can be wrapped, it's called to a mobile app. So mm -hmm. and everything talk about in the startup journey, you know, 
experienced startup founders will tell you, get an MVP out, get a minimum viable product, just get something out. You know, Groupon's first, um, first site was a WordPress site where they would post a deal of the day. You know, Airbnb's website obviously did not look or function the way it did right away, but they were able to get a lot of hype out of it. So, but I thought I could do better, which is why I went to the agency. I could not. So <laughs> I ended up building it on Bubble and it, it looks great. It functions as it should. Um, I had to get some last minute help with some functions and I still, I didn't have a date. I didn't have, I didn't know when it, it was going to be ready. I had people asking constantly. So um, I ended up that morning of the 15th, I tested again, everything seemed to work. And so I just posted a TikTok. <laughs> I love awesome. I love that. I I freaking love it. Here's uh, here's why I love it though because I think that we sort of inherently understand that, right? In like marketing, it's like done is better than perfect, like we need mm-hmm. to get it going and I think perfection is like sort of the enemy of of progress in a lot of yep. situations. And I mean, I can't tell you the amount of times clients are like, "Oh, well, we you know, we got to get our course perfect and I got to polish this up and polish that up. And I'm like, every day that you are kind of waiting on doing this thing is like a day that you don't have, you know, that opportunity progress. to reach yeah. your audience and make, make progress. So I love that. You're just like, well, we'll figure it yeah. out. Like, right. it, it'll it'll right. work at some point. Right. There's yeah. like, there's, we gotta, we gotta learn, you know, what, what breaks and you know, how to fix it mm-hmm. eventually. So I and, love that you, uh, that you did that. Yeah. And I, um, you know, I kind of, what I felt bad about is that I had been saying app, 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 and we launched it as a web app, which is essentially a website. And, you know, I kind of had a breakdown one night. I was like, I could have built a website six months ago. Like, Oh, funny. <laughs> you know, I could have done that in one yeah. day. Like, so that I feel like I should have reevaluated that and just done that MVP right away, even before demo day. I think, I think that would have made a difference in that presentation, but I was yeah. I, in my mind, nope, we can get a great app up sooner than I can, you know, get, get these things. Yeah. Out. So, but now it's an iOS app. So a week after the launch, we, I, um, had to submit it a few times. So it's an iOS app and we have almost a thousand downloads as of this morning, Wow. which I was, I was concerned that people would be okay with a mobile experience. Um, and then we, and then I submit it to Google play. I'm hoping by early next week to have, um, that up. And then at that point, we'll be trying to transition some of those web app users to mobile apps because we can give a lot more connections as far as push notifications for messages, for listings near them, um, which I think is really important because it's a two-sided marketplace. We're not filling the supply side. You know, it's not right. like I'm buying wholesale and distributing it. So some right. of the feedback we've had so far has been, oh, there's nothing near me. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, and we, we've had a couple hundred listings, which is amazing. I think in 29 states last I checked. So, um, but you know, that may not be in your yeah. immediate geographic area. So that's going to be a big this morning. Yeah. Yeah. There <laughs> we... is someone selling eggs right outside. Of... Nice. So I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Oklahoma city and oh, okay. we have a lot of farms here in Oklahoma yep. and mm-hmm. um, someone was selling eggs outside of Tulsa. Awesome. My my family, we have a large, um, we have like 800, 900 acres of farmland. So so my brother's got a, he's got a little farm out there. He lives out there and he's got a farm and they've got chickens and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I I sent him the app. It's like, you need, you need to get this one in Bristow because they've got a pretty active farmer's market. Mm -hmm. And I think that'd be great out there. So 
I'm curious, cool. you mentioned earlier, and if you can't talk about this, it's okay. Oh, we, can, that's we, fine. Can, we can totally scratch this, but um, you mentioned financial projections. Well, I'm just curious because I don't know. Most of our clients sell digital courses. Okay. And I, I can, their courses, you know, $79. I, yep. I can make sense of that. With this, it's a free app. So how do you make money? Yeah. So it's it's a free app and it's free to create a listing and the listings are valid for seven days. So that will always be the free tier of the app. Um, and so right now, like last week, we had a lot more listings than we do this week. So that's something we have to work on. Um, we had some people sell out of products and then others just in every list. Um, so within the next few weeks, probably by middle of April, we'll release a premium membership option. So it'll be $14.99 and it will be a public facing profile that will aggregate all of your active listings and they'll be permanent or they'll be active for the length of your membership. And then um, there'll be content space in there so they can share about their farm or their practices mm -hmm. or their background. And then in addition to that, we're going to have a resource forum for the sellers as part of that membership to exchange ideas about pricing and marketing and building farm stands and um, communicating with sellers. So, you know, my most important goal with Farmish is to build a community and a community where people can make money doing things that already align with their lifestyles. Mm -hmm. So for people who are growing food for their family, they may not necessarily, you know, put have any marketing budget or plan or anything. Um, and they might not want to stand at a farmer's market every Saturday. You know, <laughs> they might not want to have to project their own inventory to sell wholesale to a delivery service, you know, something like Market Wagon or Jorganics that buys from local farms, you know, brings it to a warehouse and distributes it because that's a whole nother level of business than just selling a couple, you know, bushels of tomatoes a couple times a year. So I'm hoping that that my intention with that public facing profile is that something people can share and they can post on their own social media, but then also that forum can really give them valuable information. It's really targeted towards them being successful, not only on the app, but within whatever resources they have to sell and to, to support themselves in that way. I love it. Sense. What's your long-term plan to sort of grow this thing? Is it like, you've obviously been successful on TikTok. You had a great launch, you know, cause like a lot of people who are sort of starting from scratch, like that first thousand users, I would imagine takes way longer than what it's I, taken you. So yeah, I'm just curious, like I, I know on your site, you have the seller's guide, which is collecting email addresses. Like, can you just maybe give like a flyover of sort of your, your marketing mix and what your, your plan is to kind of keep growing it? Yep. So I officially brought on a partner, Todd, who um, owns the agency that I work for. And so he has a lot of plans in the future for scaling as far as like potential advertising or things like that. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, that advertising, I don't think will ever be a primary acquisition strategy for us. Um, really being community driven, this will only be successful if people share within their immediate yeah. communities. And so for me, that means that means network effects, that means affiliate marketing. So that's gonna be something we're gonna to introduce to our forum and our user community, our paid user community, the ability for them to share and encourage other people to sign up and then we pay them for that. So that's something, again, it really aligns their strategy of building community of, um, you know, shrinking or 
of shrinking the food chain, of expanding local food systems, and it brings more awareness to farmish for the buyer side also. You know, the Love more it, yeah. sellers we have. Um, and so that affiliate program, I think, will be huge as far as supporting our current community and expanding it. So cool. I feel like there's like, we say this for most conversations, but I feel like there's like 10 more episodes that we could like sit and keep talking <laughs> about. Back, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love it. Um, so thank you for, for sharing all this. I think yeah, for, for us, it's, it's been fun because we get to kind of learn along really smart people, like things that we didn't mm-hmm. know or, or things that like other people are doing that we just that's not really a part of what we do for clients. And, mm-hmm. um, so I just wanted to say kudos on, on that success. And just like, thanks mm-hmm. for, for sharing your time and kind of pulling back the the curtain a little bit. So we have two fun questions that we want to end with. We ask these to every, um, every guest on the show, I'm going to ask the first one. And then Brad is going to, to ask the second one. Okay. Um, first question, what recent purchase of a hundred dollars or less has positively impacted your life? And this can be a business purchase personal. It doesn't really um, matter. I would always say books, books. I mean, I have read so many in 2020. I just looked at my Kindle and I read like 237 books in 2020 on my Kindle. Most of the time I get them from the library or, um, I listen to a lot of audiobooks while I'm doing other things like around the house. Um, so books, building a story brand is one of my favorites platform of Oh, I saw you guys are. Yeah. We were, we we were certified and then we, Drop the certification. Yeah. So platform revolution is one of my favorites. And then animal vegetable miracle was life changing. I read that early 2020 and, and that really inspired me to launch farmish and to really think about that from a systemic perspective. And I recommend that book to anyone interested in what they eat. Oh. Anyone who eats food, really. Yeah. It's a great book. <laughs> So That's books cool. for sure. And I just cool. purchased the audio version because I have the paperback and I purchased the audio to listen when I'm, you know, folding laundry or doing other things. I think I you're it. the first person that has said books and I yeah. love I'm a big yeah. reader. So yeah, I read I so many books about like how to get your first thousand customers. Yeah. <laughs> and you did it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so now, many now other you're writing a book about right? how to get your but first so thousand customers. Yeah. So many other strategies that didn't end up applying to me. But. So the, the, the second question we always ask is what platform, software or app not TikTok, not, not social TikTok. media. Did <laughs> okay. your business not live without? At the at the moment, Bubble.io. So that's what our site is built on. Yeah. Um, and that's what the app is. Um, it's too soon to say whether that can grow with us, or I know we'll have to do some database management at some point. But that that absolutely. And I like I said, I heard about it before, and I kind of dismissed it because I'm I'm a developer, and so to hear no code, you think. Eh. Um, but. <laughs> Um, but it really works for my purposes. And this isn't groundbreaking technology. You know, there are marketplace platforms all over the place, you know, with the, it's yeah. the fastest growing app market is a marketplace. Right. Well, That's I got to cool. tell you, bubble.io as an answer has broken the streak. For yeah. All of our, yes. every yeah. Oh yeah. It has and, anything about that. It, yeah. It's our, it's our, it's our episodic plug we have to put in because every single person, no You're literally line, the first person, hundred percent have all said Canva. And so, oh, so, yeah. so what we started doing is like, yeah. this is our, this is our episode plug that we put in every time as Canva. <laughs> if you're looking for a, what, what, what do you refer to us as Kyler? What, what would it be? What do you mean? 
Well, we always say we're trying to we're trying to pitch to Canva. We, oh, right. Oh, we're <laughs> we're influ- Yeah, we, we yes, want to be sponsored. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. But that's the difference. That's the difference between an inst like the Instagram brands that like yes. all everyone yeah. we've had on is Instagram yep. first, and then you know if you're TikTok, like you don't Absolutely. need that. Like nope, I just use TikToks and feed yep. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I love yeah, this. Is awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. Tara, real quick before we wrap, I just can you tell everyone where to where to find Farmish, where to get it? Yep. So you can get it on the App Store. You can search Farmish farm-ish, all one word, and then getfarmish.com is our website, um, and you can sign up there, get the links, and then I'm on TikTok as Farmish Tara. I'm on Instagram, although it's my TikTok content at the moment, so, um, and then Get Farmish on all social platforms. Cool. We'll link to that in the show notes. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. This has been so fun, and I, I will say, you know, it's interesting because a lot of our interviews are people that we clients so that we worked with them before. So you're one of the mm-hmm. first that we really didn't know. Oh, and this is so fun. Like, well, this is my I, first podcast. So. Oh, yeah, you nailed it. Uh, <laughs> this is we could definitely bring you back in for some more because I have I actually have many more questions that okay. we could dig, dig into about marketing. And so look well, for that invite. It's coming. Yeah, um, I'm working on building the Get Farmish brand account because that's not something I've spent like any time on. So I'm hoping to kind of rinse and repeat, um, but on the business side. So we'll see. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm.